Welcome to Headset, the podcast that examines the unique mental skill sets of elite athletes, performers, and executives. It is our goal to discover the various skill sets that these individuals use to get their heads set to perform. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Headset Podcast. We're continuing our series of interviews with Team Wildlife Generation, professional intercontinental cycling team based out of sunny California. These guys are an incredible group of, of competitors, incredible group of athletes, and tonight's guy is no different. He is the young gun on the team. Tonight we're talking to Mr. Ryan Jastrap, and uh, this young boy band sensation has more to him than the eye can tell. He is not only funny, not only intelligent, but man, is this guy ingenious. We're going to hear about some crazy things that he's done as a young man on and off the bike. We're going to hear about how he and I will one day soon be business partners where we will be making gajillions off of our invention, which you'll hear about. And you'll also hear us talk about some different ways of preparing oneself for competition both on and off the bike. Ryan's got a great humor to him. He's funny, and uh, man, does he have a ton of personality. And uh, as the interview goes on, you'll hear it just comes out more and more and more. And uh, he's just a blast to hang out with. So, again, we welcome you to the Headset Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I uh, hope you enjoy our interview tonight with the one and only Ryan Jastrap. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're with another awesome rock star who could easily, easily be a stand-in for any boy band on the planet right now. I'm talking to the one and only Mr. Sexy and I think single, uh, Ryan Jastram, who is one of the premier writers, one of the new young guys, the young guns on Team Wildlife Generation, coming to us from Apple Valley, California. The 18-year-old sensation, Mr. Twisted Steel and Sex Appeal, Ryan Jastrom. What's going on, big kid? What's happening over there and happening Apple Valley? Anything exciting? Not much. <laughs> just having fun locally. Uh... And I think I just found my new spokesman. Jeez, <laughs> I'm I'm ready. To, I'm ready for hire. Whenever you need me, I'm there for you. So we're coming to all my races now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I got to tell you, I, I I'm so looking forward to just chewing the fat with you, talking about just stuff that that I I don't even know where to begin. So. First, I gotta I gotta ask the formal stuff, right? How are you with all the crazy things going on in our world today? Are you okay? Family okay? Yeah, I'm doing fine. The family's doing great. Uh, really, just focusing on staying healthy and not losing the fitness, but also keeping like the mind strong and all of that. 
which which is part of what we're going to talk about today, oddly enough. But but I got to ask some some other stuff here. Like when you're not on the bike and you're not training your butt off and riding miles upon miles upon miles, what are you doing as of late to occupy your time? Uh, well, I got to say, the phone's been pretty bad. I've, like, checked my screen time, and I've been like, okay, I got to get off my phone. Been using it way too much. Um, but I've also picked up the hobby of golfing, which <laughs> I don't know if you can even... <laughs> I don't know if you can even call what I'm doing golfing, though. To be oh, completely honest, I am, you you do not know how happy I am right now. Okay, so let me tell you something that we're gonna have to make happen. So every year, every year, um, I the last 13, 14 years, I've done um, more like a charity golf event to raise money for kids. Um, to play to play hockey in San Diego, and I've been very very lucky to have some major celebrities show up and partake in my event, and and maybe one or two you would be familiar with. Um, one goes by uh, Ricey, the other one goes by the Beast. And uh, for, those, for those of you that don't know, we're talking about um, the directors of Team Wildlife Generation, Matty Rice, and the one and only Danny the Beast Van Hout. And um, for whatever reason, I have not been able to follow them because uh, for whatever the setup may be, um, I've just never seen these guys in action. But it's funny, we've been doing this tournament for about 13 years and these two guys have never handed in a scorecard. <laughs> that tells me they're in my league. <laughs> so it's funny. Like we have great prizes that we give out, and I'll see them like, guys, did you have fun? Yeah. Did you hand in your scorecard? Uh, where's dinner? <laughs> Is dinner? Uh, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> So, so tell me about your golf experience, dude. Have you just started with this or what? Yeah, I just started. My friend uh, was a golfer as a kid. He also rides. Him and I train a lot together. And uh, we were in Vegas, and we went to a top golf. And I was like, oh, this is fun, even though I couldn't hit the ball for my dear life. And so he's like, hit me up next week. And he's like, hey, you want to try actual golf? And I'm like, sure go to the golf course. He's got everything for me. And first ball, I like can't hit it. I swing at least 10 times. Can't make contact, make contact. And the ball just goes basically straight up, almost hits me on the way down. It's horrendous. <laughs> I'm getting better as the time goes on. Like he goes and says, we're playing 18 holes. I'm like, okay, this is really bad. So what ends up happening is he's like, well, I know you aren't going to be competitive. To make it a little bit of fun, he put me at par for the first eight holes and then tried to have me play the rest of it on my own. And uh, didn't go very well. I used all his balls, so we had to go to the store, like the little tea shop or whatever, and get more balls because I hit them into people's yard. <laughs> so that didn't go bad. I, and then this I, past week, I went and played. 
I, I am uh, officially making you my new partner. Just so you know. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, I mean, this week I played and I hit a ball. It went across three fairways and hit a train going by. <laughs> I am wearing my I think it's a new Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad, but there's never a dull moment. <laughs> so so my my saying with golf for myself is golf is buffet. As many cracks as I can have at that ball, the better. So <laughs> yeah. all, all this hit it in fewer shots, I don't get that. Golf yeah. is expensive. I know. The more times I get to smack that thing, the better. That's how I look at it. Yeah. And and keeping score. Last time. This is how I keep score. I start off yeah. with about 10 balls every game. <laughs> Yep. And I base my score upon how many balls I lose. So anything under 10, phenomenal game. Phenomenal. Like I'm ready for the tour in my mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it, it's pretty pathetic because I'll start off um, being conservative. And my, my goal is I just don't want to lose my ball. I just don't want to lose yep. my ball. I, I'm so happy. But the moment I lose the third ball in a game, I'm done. I'm done. I, I'm like, hey, guys, look over there. And when they're not looking, I'm picking up that ball and I'm just hucking it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm chucking that thing as far as I can kick it. Let me tell you. Yep. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. I don't know how anyone can tell me that's a game that you play to relax. That's completely yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tough. I went into the shop and was like, "Hey, what's the high score for this course?" And they're like, uh, "Gave me some low number." And I'm like, "Man, I just blew that high score out of the water. I like tripled." <laughs> <laughs> that guy was a loser. That's what I got. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I set a new high score on the course. Oh, I love it. I love it. You know, like, like see, the last time I played, I was so tense, so stressed out that literally I had to fight not to start drinking and smoking at the same time. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a sport that puts you into rehab. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> How anyone can tell me it's fun. Don't get it. So, so. Tell me this, um, what have you been up to now? You've been chilling out, relaxing, maxing, and, and trying to hit a golf ball every now and then. Are you, are you crushing the Netflix at your house right now? Are you, are you a complete lockdown? Uh, no, not at all. To be honest, I hate sitting still. I'm ADHD, so like anything longer than an hour, I'm just like, okay, I want to go do something else. Like So... I've been like out riding dirt bikes in the yard with the dogs chasing me. Like I've been just trying to keep myself busy, having some fun, occasionally trying to do some homework, but you know how that is. <laughs> oh yeah. Good luck. Okay. So, so tell me about you in school. What's going on with you in school? Where are you? What are you doing? What's the story? So currently I'm enrolled in a online school. Well, 
I'm taking online classes. I'm on my second year now of attending college, but I'm taking it a little slower due to all the traveling and being the most focused on school, I guess if you could say. Um, so I take it a little slower. Last semester, I think I did eight units. This semester I'm doing 10. Wow. I'm just taking it a little slower so I get the grades and still be able to travel and race and train. So do we have an end game, an end goal with, with what we're doing in school? Yeah, I'd like to get a uh, business degree and uh, hopefully finish up in a couple of years, but okay, it's not on the forefront right now. It's kind of like I'm getting it done, but I'm just taking it slowly. Not really a timed goal right now. Got it. Got it. Totally, totally, totally makes sense. Um, any any ideas of the big, big picture of what we're looking for? Are you are you looking to do business at some point in time when the career is over, or are you thinking to do some sort of business involved with the, the sport itself? What what are, what are you thinking? Well, yeah. So since I've been really young, I've always been really creative and designing products like just a simple need I see a solution and I'm like okay I'm gonna build that or I'm gonna design a part for that and by the time I was like I think 14 or 15 my dad had downloaded SolidWorks on my computer and I was designing parts for my bike and I was like well that would make my bike faster and all of that so I've always been a really creative person like that so the end goal would probably be to start my own company or something like along the oh line. Oh my God. So are, are you talking, buddy, about the idea of like like using a 3D printer and making things for your bike? Is that what you're talking Yeah, that's what I was really oh. big into when I was still a junior. I tricked out my bikes with the coolest stuff. Like if I could save a couple of watts here and there, I'd build the part and put it on the bike. <laughs> That is ridiculous. I am like, oh my God, in awe with you right now. So <laughs> can you share anything that you've built or do you've got like patent pending things that are like going to change the world? No, 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 no. Nothing that serious. Um, I mean, I had plenty of ideas that I never even built, but like it was simple things like I had built number holders for my bike that were integrated to the frame. I had built aero spacers for underneath the uh, stem of my bike. So I wouldn't have just a round thing. It would have a teardrop shape with dimples on the front for aerodynamics. It was all little things like that that I thought, oh, that would be cool to build. And yeah. Dude, I like I would so love to watch this thing called a brain inside <laughs> of you work. Like that's 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 crazy stuff. So this is what you need to do for you and I. We need to develop a better golf ball. A golf I agree. ball that works with us is what we need to do. Just so you know. Now, yeah, I totally agree. Have you heard of the cheating golf ball? No, I haven't. Oh, dude. What I'm about to give you with the way that you think and your creativity is going to be like mental cocaine. I'm, I'm so <laughs> I'm about to give you. So, a couple years ago, this this company, I, I can't say their name because I don't want to get in trouble, but they 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 rhyme with with Ixon, 
um, comes to my my event and they say, we've got the cheating golf ball. I'm like, I need five dozen of these. Yeah, give them to me. <laughs> so this is what the ball does. The ball it has dimples that are strategically placed in a way on the ball so that it gives you a more consistent straight drive. Now, huh. you cannot use the ball on any kind of tour because it's a cheater because of the way it is. Yeah. But for you and I that, you know, we, we golf by the dozen, meaning we lose about a dozen balls between <laughs> us every game. It's fantastic. This thing, right? So again, yeah. To explain the science of what it does, I'm going to sound dumber than I sound right now. So I couldn't even begin to do that for you. But from what I understand is the positioning of the dimples in this special pattern, special format, that allows you to hit more consistently straight drives so you don't lose your ball. So I'm thinking you and I need this. I'm thinking yeah, so. something like this. But if we can make it a little bit more legal, Beautiful. I mean, I had the wonderful idea of, if you remember a couple of years ago when they had the Star Wars movie re release, they had that little robot that would roll around that was controlled by your phone. And it had a little motor inside with a wheel on the outside, basically, that was just a sphere ball oh. with the rollers inside. I'm like, if I could build the golf ball with a little RC like roller inside that oh. I could steer... Just like hit it, not go that far, and while everybody's not looking, just turn it on and have it roll straight towards the hole, <laughs> get you within 50 feet or so. Dude, I would be so happy. If we hit the links together. You can hit the ball, I'll drive the cart, and I'll work the phone. I'm okay with phone car guy. I'm Perfect. so okay with being phone car guy or car phone guy. Whatever it may be. I, I could be like, I don't know, the, the limo driver slash finisher for well, on the course. Like, I'm so happy with that title. No problem. Golf perfect. Driver, finisher, driver. I like that. So driver, golf ball, finisher, something like this. I've got to work it out my head. i got to work it. But I'm so happy. I, I don't okay. Get in the name title tomorrow. <laughs> I, I, I am so okay with, with, with just being a member of the team. I do not need to be a superstar. I, I just want to contribute. That's all. Wow. Perfect. So, like, I'm thinking I, I need a bigger club. Like, I need a club that, okay. that, that literally what I want is I want it to kind of turn down because I get those pop-ups like you. But I need like yeah. like the hockey stick length is what I need, <laughs> okay. so that yep. I I can control the shanking of my ball. Like uh -huh. the the shanking that I've got going on is just stupid. And and, and <laughs> yeah. keep your head down is all bullshit. I, I don't believe <laughs> to keep your head down. It's all it's all a fake. No, it's a lie. Because if I keep my head down, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Keeping your head down, no, no. Because if you keep your head down, how are you going to find that ball? How are you going to find that yeah, ball? Yeah, exactly. Well, you, I mean, I find mine every time because it doesn't leave the tee, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I usually find mine because it's like three feet in front of me. That, that's, that's what I find. <laughs> oh, so you're doing better than me. <laughs> oh, dude, dude.
seriously, when when the gophers find out that I'm I've arrived, they basically head to their holes and block them up with rocks. Because <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be one big croquet match. That, that's that's me. Yeah. No, no, no. The other thing that I wanna invent, I wanna invent the golf ramp. The golf ramp, okay. it costs you a stroke every time you use the ramp, uh-huh. but it gets your ball over the water every time. Oh, perfect. I love it. <laughs> I'll give up a stroke. I'll give up a stroke. As long as I don't have to worry about the stress and the anxiety that I go through, having to look like a loser when I skim that ball across the water and potentially kill a duck. <laughs> to not kill a duck, I will take a stroke. Just got to hit the ramp. So I like the idea. You and I can create the golf ramp. It could be called the Gramp for all I care. I'm just thinking. I'm okay. just throwing it out there. I, I'm, it's food for thought just to get the energy going. Definitely. Right? But I'm thinking you and I create the Gramp it's the golf ramp. And it could be for losers like me and seniors. That's what I'm thinking. Perfect. Yeah. Take I, mean, I had a great idea. I can see it right now. I, I got it now. Now we're gonna invent the gramp together. All right. Take a stroke and not look like a joke. Use the ramp. That is amazing. Done. We're gonna sell millions. Done. <laughs> Done. I think you need to call Maddie and Beast and tell them you're retiring tomorrow. Just call them. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be billionaires by the end of this. Done. Done. The Gramp. Yep, we're good. Great. I'm already drawing the plans. Oh, done. I am so done. I have a 35 degree and 5 degree See? This is why I was so excited to talk with you today. The energy that's happening. This is me. I get this with none of the other guys. Let me just tell you this. I love the other guys on the team. I love them to death. But with you, we got creative juices. Creative juices are flowing right now. Like, if people could see us right now, there's like electricity going back and forth over the webcam right now. It's, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. <laughs> if I had literally a graham cracker and I had like, like, like you know, those little white squishy things right now called, called whatever they're called, uh, marshmallows. Mushroom. The amount of oh, yeah. electric energy going back and forth, I can make s'mores right now. This is ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm like fanning myself. Unbelievable. <laughs> the gramp. Oh my God. I'm so writing this down. Just so you know, I'm going to be calling our little episode the gramp. Just so you know. <laughs> okay, perfect. Done. We're going to be good I love it. Gajillion. Yeah. Oh, God. I can I mean, see geez. the late night infomercials. I can see the late night infomercials right now. Why are you such a yeah. loser? Are you tired? Yeah, exactly. Are you tired of being a loser at the golf course? Are you tired of seeing water and thinking about, hmm, maybe I'll drown myself rather than look like a loser when I put my ball in the water? I'm going to use the gramp. I, I I can't see I, I can't see this not working. I can't. I yeah, can't. it's we're gonna sell millions. Oh my god! See, I just this is the first one of these I've done where not only amazing energy is happening, but we're making money. Yeah, I mean, filthy rich by the end of this. <laughs> filthy rich. <laughs> oh my god! 
I love this. So, so okay. Now, now to get serious. Now to get serious. Now, um, tell me how you're doing with with the whole virus thing happening now, and now your entire schedule kind of being a little bit of a debacle right now, a little bit of shambles. How are you dealing with all this? Are you okay? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I took a week off, kind of did a physical and mental reset because I was training for a pretty tough block that was supposed to be going on basically right now. We were supposed to go to Japan, do a three-day stage race, come back, uh, then do Gila, or I mean, I'm sorry, Joe Martin, and then we'd go to Redlands, and then Gila. And that was going to be a pretty big block, and it was going to really be a real challenge to the system mentally and physically. And right now, since it all just got canceled, it's been really relax, recover, and then I'm going to start the build again to nationals. That's awesome, buddy. That's awesome. Let me ask you this, pal. When you're getting ready to go out and do the do, mentally, do you have a little routine that you put yourself through? Do you have a little something that you do to help you stay calm, cool, collective when you're out there on the bike? Uh, I really love to listen to music. So I normally put on a playlist. It varies from some hip hop to rap to some Elton John. I mean, it it's a wide mix, whatever I'm feeling. And that kind of determines what my ride's going to be. I mean, Depends if I'm doing intervals, but I'll normally listen to some music before I go ride, uh, have coffee before I go, and really just hunker down and go. Oh, I, I love it. I, as I, soon as I'm on the bike. I I am a big, big, big music guy. Big music guy. And, and you know, I'll tell you a stupid story. Um, so, so when I was playing hockey in college, I had – um, some, some, some difficulties year one and year two. And what was happening is, is I could never really create, um, I guess a recipe for, for success mentally that gave me a routine that I felt comfortable with. So, mm-hmm. so what was happening for me is big music guy like you, I was using routines that were working against me. So what I mean is, is when I was 21, 22, 23, the routines that I was using was the routines I was using when I was 16, 17. So what started happening to me is, is come game time, um, I would get on out there for warm-up and, and, and pre-game stretch and all that stuff. And halfway through the warm-up, I'm gassed. I'm like, I'm done. Like I... I need to go back into that locker room and take a nap for five minutes because I'm done. And, 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 I, and I had yeah. no idea what was going on with me. And they did all kinds of blood work on me and physicals and whatnot. And, and this thing kept going on and on and on. And, and, and finally, you know, um, I talked to somebody who was our sports psych guy. And um, he said to me, you know what I want? I want an idea of what your routine is like. Just tell me your routine. So for a couple of weeks, he was kind of charting my routine. And what he found out was, he said, dude, you're getting up at, at 8 o'clock. The game's at 2.30. You're up at 8. 
you're you're not eating very much because even back then, like 15 to 20 years ago, we didn't have the sports science to to understand nutrition like we do today. Um, so I was one of those guys that like I didn't like to eat much throughout the day because I thought if I ate, it, it would make me heavy and slow, and I didn't like that. So I'm not eating. I'm having a little bit of water, like you. I'll have a coffee before the game, kind of thing. But I'm listening to ACDC at eight in the morning. I'm listening Ooh. to Guns N' Roses, Metallica, all the way up to game time. And what they basically told me was mentally, you've played three games before you've played your one. And yeah. I was like, what? And and yep. and I did I didn't know that. So it was almost like like exceptionally freakish that I could even get to that point because emotionally I should have been just spent by noon. So So, touching on that, I've actually got a couple playlists on my phone for travel, which is more relaxed, um, nothing too high pace or anything. And just keeps me calm. And then I've got a warm up playlist, a couple different warm up playlists, but they're all like, hype songs that I'm going to get real excited for that kind of puts me in the mood to go racing. And yeah, but I've definitely experienced that. So, so the other thing that I had going on with me is I never really had a good understanding of, of what worked. Like I, I, I became very superstitious Mm -hmm. to the point where not only am I having my early in the morning ritual with listening to certain music I was listening to, but I had a lot of little isms. Like, you know, I, I had to dress a certain way. I had to, um, you know, get to the, the venue and do a certain thing by a certain time. And everything had to happen, like clockwork. You know, um, these yep. little dumb routines that you know everything from I got to get dressed a little bit faster than that guy. If I got dressed a little bit faster than that guy, then oh, I felt calmer and I was I was good. Do do, do you ever get like that? Do you ever ever, ever have a little nervous? Definitely. I mean, I think it kind of goes away as I've gotten older. But I remember as a kid racing, and I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna wake up at seven o'clock. And my race is at 12 or whatever. I've got a long drive, whatever. But maybe I'd have two hours at home. I'd take a shower and then eat oatmeal for breakfast with dates on it or something. And then I'd go to the race and have like a Gatorade or some stupid drink like that. And I'd be like, have a good race. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do that again, even though... I might have had a better race because I was physically fitter, but instead I'm thinking that the what I did in the morning caused me to have a good race. And then it kind of just becomes this habit where I'm building on it, building on it until basically I wake up and I've got 30 alarms set for the next hour of what I'm supposed to do. And I think the real thing is just to realize that it's not what you're going to do as much as the training and physical part the week before that makes the biggest difference oh it's like you're you're making me smile like you wouldn't believe because (laughs) it's so amazing what you're saying 
I, I, I can't, I, 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 I'm giving you a long distance hug right now. <laughs> um, because everything you're saying is absolute gold. And, and it's, but it's so hard though. Like you're saying such great things. Like the reality of it is no matter how much I get worried, how much I freak myself out, how much I, I stick to my little isms. If I haven't put in the work the week before or two weeks before or a month before, the reality of it is I can't expect anything great to happen today. Exactly. And, and you know, as dumb as this is going to sound, right? It's almost like talking to the pro golfer. And this, this <laughs> as you are, my partner, as you are. Um, oh. Yeah. But, but what, I, what I mean specifically is, you know, the pro golfer will say to you when you say certain things like, oh, my God, dude, that was just a freaking amazing shot you made. Oh, my God. They'll say stuff like, you know what? It really was nothing more than two things. One, the work I put into it. And two, letting the club do all the work. Mm-hmm. So the reality of it is if the body is the club, I just got to let the club do its work. I just got to let it do what it does. Yeah. Right. And, and, and the reality of it is, I think there's so many of us as athletes, we either don't know that we, we don't feel comfortable letting the club, the body of our work, do the work, or we get so nervous that you basically overseason your sauce. You know, you, you, you play with it so much or you don't just let it go to work that you mess with it so much that it ends up tasting like crap and your results are crap. Yeah. So, so I, how, did, how, did you get, how did you get good with just relaxing like this? Like how, did, how did you get good at this? So I kind of realized that getting so stressed out before races just to follow my schedule that I'd get to the race and do awful because I was just exhausted from say I took a shower and then my oatmeal, I didn't start on time. And then I'd be off a minute, two minutes. And I'd just be trying to make up that time the whole rest of the day till my race. And I'd just be exhausted. And I kind of realized I was having bad races, even though I thought I was, doing this routine that was supposed to make me have a perfect race. And I realized that, okay, this isn't what I need to be doing. And it was also much, uh, who was like, I'd show up at the track, which is a little different than the road, of course, but you do four events in one day, five events. And I'd be like, okay, I want to be on the trainer 30 minutes before I race. And my coach was like, you just raced, uh, like, 30 minutes ago, why do you need to be on the trainer 30 minutes more for your next race? And he's like, you can do a shorter warm up because you're already warm. And I'm like, but I've already done this and this works. And he's like, try something different. It doesn't need to be exactly the same. And I found out I'm riding way better without wasting all my energy on the trainer instead of the race. So, well, he- I'll just say this to you, buddy. Like, like I don't, I don't know if you realize like how strong and how awesome you are to be able to do that. And 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 you know, kudos to your coach um, for being able to say, you know what, let's try something a little bit different because yeah. 
the reality of it is I look at, at some of the things that you've accomplished in 2018 alone, where you, you basically were uh, seventh in, in the world's junior track. Oh my God. You were first um, at a stage race in the tour of now, forgive me for pronouncing it horribly, La Bitibi. Um, well, Abitibi. There you go. God bless you. Um, <laughs> first in junior track nationals at Omnium. First in track nationals in a points race. Uh, second in in the junior road nationals crit 2018. 2018, you freaking crushed it. I mean, when yeah. you're having that much success to then turn around and try something different, oh my God. Like, I've got so much respect for you for doing that. Well, to be honest, that was kind of the time after, right after was when I really started to have my success was after I started changing and adapting more and not stressing as much. It was, I'd show up to a race and I'd be like, okay, yeah, no big worries. Like, all I need to do is have a little bit of warm up. If it doesn't go perfect, oh, well, I'm not going to stress about it. I'm going to focus on the race and race my bike. That, that, that's, that's just incredible because the, the reality of it is when you make that change over to something new, not only are you saving energy because of the fact that you're not riding the bike in between the racing, but you're also able to hone in and control that, in, that nervous anxiety. Yeah. I, I, I got to believe when you're making a change, the, the first go around with this is you're doing a little bit of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Um, I should be doing something right now, but I'm not. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like you got the angel and devil on your shoulders. It's like one saying, you should just go back to your routine. It's not worth the change. And then other ones like try something new. And it's just this constant war until you actually get used to it. Yeah. Just let go. Like, like in, in some ways, like, like you, you say it in, in such a sweet, nice way. But for me, if, if I was you, age of eight, going through this change, to me, back then, rewinding my life backwards in time, it would have felt more like I'm going to do this, this walk along the high wire now without a net. Yes. So I'm taking that safety net away because our routines, they become a crutch, right? They become our safety net. That's what we go to when stuff hits the fan. So yeah. for you to tell me you took away your safety net, I'm like, oh my God, it's incredible. Yeah. And I think that was, my coach definitely helped on that because I really respect what my coach has done. Danny actually was a Madison partner with my coach and they rode six days together for a long time. So like, I know he knows what he's talking about and we basically sat down, discussed what's going to happen. And he's like, you got to change. Like it'll be better. And so tried it. It worked. And I'm like, okay, got to relax. And this is great. I, so I, I, I got to tell you, the next time we see each other, you so know I'm taking your, your phone hostage because <laughs> I am so listening to these freaking playlists. You know that. I'm, <laughs> just, I'm, just, 
I'm putting yeah, I've got to get a. I've got to get a phone with more memory, to be honest. I'm out of memory on my phone, and it's got 140-something gigabytes or whatever on it. So, yeah, it's bad. But but i got to tell you, to be able to go from hip-hop to Elton John, oh, my God. You, you, you're, you're a guy after my own heart. You're a guy after my own heart. I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you this, right, to date myself. In one year, in one year, I saw the following concerts. I saw, um, God, what was his name? Uh, Lenny Kravitz. I saw Garth Brooks. I saw Metallica. And just before Christmas, I slid in um, a guy by the name of Luciano Pavarotti. So my playlist looks like (laughs) at least 30 different people's playlists smashed together. It's basically what it is. Like, yep. You can't even get a collage like that for an Italian wedding. So <laughs> I'm all over the place, dude. I am all over the place. Yeah. I, I'm so good with uh, reggae to to country music. Let's line it. Yeah. I'm good with it. <laughs> and and I yeah. don't meet very many people that are like that. I don't. But but you definitely fit into that hole. My God. Yeah. We're going to be a mess on the golf course together. I'm just letting you know right now. Just I'm talking <laughs> Yeah, and I always bring a speaker. So we'll just jam out while we, uh, you drive my ball straight down in the drive. Dude, the only thing that we are going to be using that scorecard for is to put our gum on it. That's about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, no, I'm going to be sticking it uh, to the wall when I get hole-in-ones. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, so let, let, let me ask you this here now. So looking for the, the future, have you guys, um, I'm sure you're in touch with both uh, Maddie, uh, Rice, as well as Danny. Uh, what's the latest now in terms of scheduling for you guys? Is there anything that you guys have been told what might be coming up? Because now with things being as crazy as they are in the world, is there anything that you guys have on the calendar that, that might work out? I mean, we're definitely targeting nationals, which is supposed to take place in July, even though I don't know what's going to happen with that, especially with the Olympics being postponed and no one actually knowing when that's going to happen. Right. And it's really a toss-up at this point. I mean, I was talking to my little sister today, which is on – at the Olympic training center. And she's like, I have no idea what's going to happen this year. And the racing is who knows when it's actually going to start again. Wow. So it's really a toss up. What what can you tell us about little sister? Uh, yeah, my little sister, Megan Jastrobe is now three time world champion. Um, 30 something time national champion. Uh, currently rides for rally uh, cycling and is only 18 now. So, are you guys twins? A uh, year and a half apart. Holy cow! So, yeah, I do. You guys train together? How does that even? Oh, uh, yeah. So, she actually, when we first started, she was bigger than me and faster than me. Uh, 
which was awful. Being dropped by your little sister is the worst feeling in the world. <laughs> you're just like, this sucks. She's pulling the whole time, and you're just sucking her wheel, like trying to hold the wheel through the whole ride, and it's just miserable. Going to a race, and your whole goal is just to beat your sister. The trash talk at the family dinners. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it was the worst. Oh. But, uh, now it's really funny because now I'm much – well, not much stronger. She's still crazy strong. Um, but now we'll go out and train, and she'll sit on my wheel. And she's like, can you go a little faster? I need a higher speed effort here. Like, And we'll just basically train together. And really fun, I mean. Uh, she's current. She's reigning uh, world champion in the Madison for the juniors, and I take partial credit for that because I was her first Madison partner. We learned how to do it together. So oh, I love I take partial it. credit. I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, I'll say this to you, right? Like what's so awesome is that you guys have a close relationship. You, you, you can tell for for I'm sure for multiple multiple reasons besides the cycling. Um, my, my younger brother and I, like we could drive from San Diego to New York city and maybe say three words to each other. <laughs> so the, the fact that you guys could do a whole training session together, I mean, and still not like want to kill each other afterwards. I mean, that's, that's what I call love. <laughs> well, so, that's a, that's a sticky situation right there. Uh, when we first actually started doing Madison, Megan said that she would never do a Madison with me again after like uh, six times doing it because I'd be like, my coach would get out there on the motor and we'd have a good training group and it was a race. And I'm like, okay, we're going to take a lap on the field. Now I was a better track rider. So I'd start taking a lap and I'd throw my sister in and she'd just sit up or like, just kind of stay in the same spot and I'd be yelling across the track or like when I'd come down to get it thrown in, uh, I'd be like, what's wrong with you? Like I'd get really pissed off and she's like, I don't want to take the lap. I can't do the lap. And I'd just start yelling at her and she'd be yelling back at me. And we're talking like just mid race kind of. And I love it. At the end of it, one of us would be like super pissed off the drive home, which was like an hour and a half was just, horrendous like <laughs> both my parents in the front just sitting there like um what's going on <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So, so, so let, let me ask you this right like like and I've, I've asked all the guys this question right because I, I find it just so fascinating with your sport being as as incredible and and, and unique as it is how did you two get into this sport like how did your, you and your sister fall into this so growing up i was homeschooled and my parents decided to get rid of cable tv as when we were growing up and we actually were dirt biking and skiing almost every weekend like that was our thing we'd go out to the desert every weekend go dirt biking and it was just a lot of fun and so naturally being dirt biking we loved riding our bikes also and we grew up in our driveway my dad built us ramps we'd just start jumping stuff in off the ramps 
including me jumping my sister, which my mom didn't like very much. Um, I love it. And we just love cycling. And I got an offer to do supercross racing uh, for a team. My dad didn't want me to. He'd had some previous bad injuries racing himself and decided to keep it more of a family thing. And so we ended up moving and there was a local BMX track locally. Road BMX raced. We did great. Like locally, I think I'm on no, two state championships on the BMX when I was eight and nine years old. Um, just loved it. Kind of ran into some problems at the track. People got in, like just bad stuff happened. Um, took a year off and we got mountain bikes, rode mountain bikes for a little while. And one day my dad had always done like the weekend group rides. And I was like, dad, I want to do it. And he'd always say no because of the cars, the traffic, and just the danger of being on the road. Uh, so one day I'm like, okay, I'm going to just set up my mom's road bike and just try and see if I can fit on it very well. But I made it work and my dad was like, okay, fine. I'll take you around the block. Fell in love with it. And so we ended up going, getting our bikes. My dad was like, okay, you guys can ride some. I was like, I want to race. My dad was like, no, you aren't racing, but we'll get you a competitive bike. And at the time, my sister did not want really to race. She was like, okay, I'll just go around the block or whatever. So she bought this heavy bike. And the next day, we went out and did a Fondo, which was, it wasn't a true Fondo. I think it was 80 miles or whatever. The first time riding our bikes more than like 10 miles. And that's how we really started. Wow. And then like a month later, my dad, after saying racing, we're in our first race. So, yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. And then really to set it off, like the real racing, we went to nationals and my sister won three or two national titles on this heavy, basically mom bike. Oh, what a call. Wow. So, so basically your parents didn't know a whole heck of a lot about this. They kind of just said, let's go give this a shot and see if you like it or not. My dad had done a little bit of race in college, okay. but nothing that serious. The Cat 3, he coached us for our first two years, I want to say. And it was more of just a fun thing that we'd go out, like he'd get home from work. We had a little circuit that we'd do when he got back. It was an abandoned Lowe's, and we'd just ride loops around it for an hour, teach us how to sprint and just skills, stuff like that. That is awesome. That yeah. is awesome. So, so where does the power and the drive come from between you two? Is this something that comes from dad? Is it come from, from mom? Who brings the fire in the belly uh, to you and your sister? Ooh, that's a tough one. It's, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, my dad was a football player through college, uh, played for Colorado. Uh, my mom was a runner. So, like, the family's definitely an athletic family. Oof. Like, my dad's side is just all football. Like, everything's football. And then now it's like they don't want their kids playing football. So, 
right. Megan and I are like the superstars of the family because we're traveling so much. So it's pretty funny, like how this all turned out. It's pretty cool. I mean, the genes that you guys started with are ridiculous. Like, give me a break. I mean, <laughs> at, at best, I started off as like potentially a set of Wranglers. You guys were like imported genes from Italy. Are you kidding me with the genes that you guys were born with? Stupid. Stupid crazy. Stupid. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, buddy, I could talk to you for like 12 days straight if you haven't figured that out. And I'm so excited for our new business venture, The Grant. And, and I will leave it up to you to let Danny and Maddie know that, you know, whenever you're ready to retire, um, we'll be moving on to stardom together. So just to put that out there. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Danny's going to be cursing me when he hears this. Hit the airway. <laughs> oh, God. Anyhow, listen, I, I, I can't wait to see you next. Um I'm giving you a long distance. I'm giving you long distance elbows because I'm not allowed to touch. Oh, yeah. you, right? yeah. Long distance. Elbows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I can't thank you enough, pal, for 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 everything for being on today and 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 chewing it up with me. Um, so really quick, I I need to know this so that I can sleep tonight. Right? Your most recent yep. ride. Your most recent ride. I'm sure you uh-huh. have your own going. Give me, give me three songs that were on the playlist on your most. Okay, right. Hold on, I've got the playlist. That's my boy right there. Um, so it was. Let's see, what were they? It was in your eyes by the weekend. Um. Oprah's Bank Account by Little Yachty, uh, DaBaby, and Drake. Oh, and go. then, uh, what was the other one? I know it was by Flume. I can't remember the name of the song, though. It was a pretty uh, crazy playlist, to be honest, today. All right. Uh, you and Me by Flume. Uh, yeah. It was, it was a good playlist, actually. Fun ride. <laughs> it's 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 gonna be scary. This, this is gonna be like Batman and Superman getting together when we see each other next. Just, <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> yep. buddy. I've, I've given you a long distance elbows. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. See ya. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon, pal. All right. Bye. Bye.